I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic. A sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. In the air everywhere as we filibuster the weekend time away with another edition. This Sunday, 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 fun day edition of the podcast, the fifth hour with Ben Maller, because four hours are simply not enough on the radio show. This is a spinoff of the overnight show on Fox Sports Radio. This only available on the iHeart Podcast Network and wherever you get your podcast. Now available eight days a week. And uh, right over there, Coming in from west of the 405 freeway, he's got his Gucci outfit on today. David Gascon is uh, making his way in there. And Gascon, uh, see if we have any canned applause here no, today. Nothing, no, nothing canned. Everything is organic. It's that was not yesterday. Superficial. It was yesterday, but I walk on in. I'm loud and proud and vibrant as ever in top shape right now, I guess you could say. And uh, Ben, I saw this. Uh, we haven't been there in a while, but... Buddy of mine sent me a, a text with a link. Um, there's a Vegas uh, hotel and casino that's got an outdoor setting now. Like, have you been to Lagasse Stadium at the Venetian Hotel? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, th- those that don't know, Lagasse Stadium is basically the Venetian sports book, but it's underneath the hotel and casino. 
and it looks like a giant movie theater. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a hotel and casino, I guess, off the strip now that has that same kind of setting for a pool party. So they have this monstrous flat screen TV that they're dedicating towards the NFL season so people can like reserve their uh, their canopies or seats or whatever or just be in the pool and watch NFL games uh, here in the fall. Look pretty awesome. Oh, cool. So You going to go to Vegas? I heard it wasn't that good. You got to wait a little bit. I heard it's not, it's not really back because of the restrictions and all that. There's just... And the fact that you need to pay for a resort fee, you got to pay a parking fee to bring your car and park at the garage, just fucking rubs me the no, wrong way. No, I thought way. they got rid of. I believe they got rid of the parking now because it's free again. Yeah, but I think that's to get just, people try to convince people yeah. to come back. Yeah, I think it's I heard it's free, temporary. So yeah, that just sucks. well, the reason they charged for parking was because a a they could and b the yeah. hockey team. Yeah, that's what I was told. The hockey team needed the the revenue, and they were, people were going to go down to those golden knights games and they were going to park at the hotels and then not get the team would get no revenue so they got a percentage of is it mgm yeah uh yeah they got a percent a cut of that from what yeah. i understand it's behind the uh, new york new york yeah all right yeah, that's right have you been have you been since or you've just been coasting it up Central no I, mean, I, I was pretty lucky i guess i knew that the world was going to you know, hit the mute button or the pause button or whatever because in january or december of last year when i was on hiatus because i had a lot of time off comp time i have a ton of time I have more time off this year than ever I've, I've only used a few of my comp days but i went to vegas and seattle within the span of a couple weeks so i knocked all that out right there it was great it's oh, nice yeah so you so. get to do that and then on top of it you get to you get to host a show from home with thousand right. dollars worth of equipment installed in your house that i paid for oh you this did is all, this is my uh, yeah oh. this is the old wei studio um, I, I built this for WEI, and uh, and then I actually had to give that up because our the show went on Sports Hub, which is the rival, the blood rival of WEI. You didn't give WEI anything back? No, I bought this all. I, I built it, my own remote studio. I used it when I did the show in New Zealand uh, when I was a guest on Radio Sport, which no longer exists because of the apocalypse. We had Darcy Waldergrave on yeah. a couple of weeks back. and uh, Yeah, no, I... Uh, <sighs> I, I feel just, like you uh, should give something back to WEEI. What, what should I give back? What, I, what, I mean, they didn't buy any of this. I bought it all. Maybe you should buy them something, like buy them a bunch of spines. I don't know what you're talking about. Just because they don't want to hire you because they've heard your tape. I don't know why you'd be upset with them. I haven't sent them anything. That's not what I hear. Uh, what do you talk to there? Not, you're not up to snuff for Boston Radio. It's a, it's I'm a product a, of Boston. What are you talking about? You're not a, pro, you're not a product of Boston. Boston Radio is different. No, it's it's throwing haymakers. You're you do these little pity pat punches. I don't. I don't. I don't, do. I don't jab. I get combinations. No, not not really. Like boy, you it's it's a different animal. Boston sports radio. I've only dabbled in it a little bit, but it's you're not cut out for it, right? You gotta you know you gotta bob and weave, and you gotta throw punches below the belt and all that. You're not you're not like that. Yeah, I, I put yeah, my head down and just throw haymakers. You, you got a glass chin. That's your problem. Bullshit, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Boston's not a town on the local sports radio that if you are a cream puff or a tomato can, you don't 
you don't do well, and that's unfortunate but for you because you're you're a mix of a cream puff and tomato. That's cream. bullshit. But anyways, like we've had because uh, Tony Bruno obviously in Philadelphia Tony is great. Tony Bruno, but, but there's certain markets at least I appreciate the the media talent that they don't fucking sugarcoat anything like Philadelphia. Some well, there, there York, are some. Boston. There are some that do sugarcoat it, but I like the fact when the team doesn't play well, they're not looking for reasons that to be optimistic. Right. They're they're depressed and kicking them in the in the shins. Yeah, you know, which is the way I believe you should do it. I think that's the proper way to do sports radio. Yeah, because you're holding these people accountable, right? Well, yeah, I think mean, that's you, you. That's part of it. But I, I think you know, rather than you don't work for the teams, right. you know, you see, you're not, they're like, oh, yeah, they've, the Red Sox have lost eight of nine, but they're really trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fuck you. I don't care. The job's to win the game. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Speaking of which, I know the, the Boston Bruins are in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Have you the watched? Bees. Have you watched any of the Stanley Cup playoffs now that they've begun? They go like 8 a.m. till like. Two in the morning nowadays. I have watched some. I have not watched that much. I've been mostly watching baseball, baseball. and then a little NBA. I've mixed in, but it's mostly been baseball that I've been checking out. You know, flipping around four or five games a night, and then I'll work maybe one NBA game into that. And I'll watch more when the playoffs start this coming week here in the NBA. I'll probably watch more of that. I guarantee I will because they're looking for stuff to talk about. And the hockey. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I'm at my Kings, of course, are not in, but I'm, a, as you know, a Bruins fan. Yeah. So I will, uh, I will check out the bees from time to time. But I've watched a little bit of it, not much. I, I do have a, in, I have a source inside the bubble. Which one? Edmonton, reveal. I will Edmonton or Toronto. Edmonton. All right. All right. So I know a little bit about the bubble. Now I will not reveal the name of the source. No. All right. I, I will not. But the streets are a talking. The streets are talking. And. Uh, here we go. So, uh, this particular person who might be a broadcaster or might work for the NHL uh, has announced that inside the bubble, it's at a uh, nice establishment there in Edmonton, they have food at the hotel and the different restaurants who are associated with the hotel, not free, Gasca, not free food inside. Wow. It, but it, it's expendable. Right, mm-hmm. it's expendable, and so they uh, everyone's given a per diem per day on how much they can spend on food, but they still have to pay for the food in Edmonton at the bubble. And unlike the NBA bubble, from what I have been told from a reliable source, the players are there with the announcers and the coaches. They're all intermingled. Yeah, in the NBA, they believe in segregation in the NBA, and they have separated the broadcasters from the coaches and from the players, and so they don't schmooze. They're not socializing with each other. It's the players with the players and I guess some of the coaches, but then the the broadcasters are separate. But in the hockey bubble, the, the bubble, the broadcasters are hanging out with everybody. So that's all I have on bubble information. That's it. That's good. You don't really go off into the NHL realm, so it's nice to see you dabble. Well, as you know, several years back on the NBC Sports Network on uh, Sports Talk, uh, right. I was asked about Sidney Crosby and hockey. And uh, I did do it. Ed Olchuk busted my balls after that. Keith Jones busted my balls because uh, <laughs> they were, thought it was hilarious the way I I attempted to answer that hockey question. Hey, Eddie Olchuk is good on the ponies, though. I love Eddie Olchuk. Good people, man. That's a good dude, Eddie Olchuk. Love yeah. that guy. Yeah. Solid guy. Those hockey guys. Jeremy Roenick was there when I was there. Good guy. He's not there anymore, but uh, he's, he'd come on the podcast, Roenick. Yeah. Do you think he's going to go to Barstool? 
Like Deion Sanders. Like Deion Sanders, yeah. Primetime? Yeah. I guess they got the money over there. They got a lot of a lot of money to spend over at Barstool. Yeah. What's uh what's on the menu today? All right, so we have B or not to Uh-oh. be. We have that, I would assume. Yes, guess gone. B or not to be. All right. We have B or not to I don't know. I have no idea. And we also have a mailbag. And then whatever else pops up. So all right. Let's any, start with any complaints from, from anybody or is it pretty relevant? On the mailbag? Yeah, there's always clean. people complaining. Yeah. There's people complaining. Yeah. Unhappy people. I'm still getting. I mentioned this the uh, the other podcast, but people complain because I they they see me wearing an Iowa Hawkeyes hat. They're like, "Fuck you! You should wear a Minnesota Golden Gophers hat or a Tennessee Vols." I'm like, well, "Okay, I don't I don't have one." The, the Iowa hat was sent in. I have nothing against the Golden Gophers. I will wear a Golden Gophers hat if somebody sends me a size eight Golden Gophers hat. I I will do it. But uh, you know, come on, give me a break. I, I was shocked. I like how people it. are triggered by a freaking hat on a video that's on the internet. I mean, really. Well, yeah, people got to complain about something. I know. If it's not your hat, it's your audio. If it's not your audio, it's your video. If it's not your video, it's your background. Like, it's got to be something. Yeah, that's why the number one pastime for human beings is to bellyache, to bitch, and to bloviate and complain. That's it. Number three, gossip. Uh, So, yeah, let's do this. Uh, The Bee or Not the Bee, this is an ode to the Babylon Bee, which uh, Ben introduced me to. I've taken a great uh, love and appreciation for. Um, (laughs) I didn't introduce you to that. I was more of an onion guy. I'm still an onion guy. I like the yeah, onion. You're all about the Babylon Bee. Well, I am. Now, the good news about this segment, though, is since you started with Bee or Not to Bee, you have stopped sending me the Babylon Bee stories, so now it makes it harder. But you used to send me every one of their <laughs> posts on the Babylon Bee. Yeah. I've, I've tempered that, and uh, the results last week showed you uh, hitting only two of five on these stories, so... I will do better. Well, let's see if you will. Um, right. Let's go with the five titles that did not make the cut in this week's right. version of the B and not the B. Yes. Um, number one story that did not make the cut. Joe Biden vows to return nation to era when press didn't bother reporting on president's scandals. Okay. Uh, that is an ode to a lot of the presence in recent years. Um, story number two, title number two, Bill Clinton says Epstein's cause of death depends on on what your definition of suicide is. <laughs> All right. That's an ode to a cigar and an intern. Uh, title number three, Kamala Harris, humbled to have been chosen exclusively for her race and gender. <laughs> well, according to CNN, that's why she's the vice presidential candidate. I was watching that the other day. They are uh, convinced. Uh, Godlike figure. Title number four, College athletes surprised to learn his school has classes. <laughs> Pretty damn good. That's good. We don't play school here. Uh, and title number five that did not make the cut, Chicago weatherman predicts another huge murder front this weekend. Oh, okay. So those did not make the cut. But now we get to the meat of the matter here. These are actual. Well, you have to determine whether they're actual stories from the Babylon Bee. That's my job. Yes. And you can play along or whether these are legitimate stories. Yes. Right? So week by week, we've we've gotten harder on Ben and uh, a little yeah. bit more challenging last week. But uh, I think this week you got a 50-50 shot on knocking them all down. Okay. Uh, story number one. And this one's going to be a real tricky one, especially with Sports Illustrated. Men's Health Magazine celebrates body positivity with first obese cover model. Uh, well, as a recovering fat man myself, I, I think we should appreciate the masculine fatty, the fatty body of a man. And your BFF, Arash Markazi with the LA Times. 
Yeah, that special former, feature. Former intern, of course. But uh, I, I would say because society, they prop up the fat woman more than the fat man. Do this they? is my theory on this. Yes, like, like you know, there's this this sense of we we have to make fat women feel better, but we don't have to make fat men feel better. Okay, I see that. There's a there's a there's a divide there. Like you know, if you're a fat woman, you should be proud to wear your bikini and all that. But you're a fat guy wearing your mumu, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> so I'm gonna say this is a Babylon B story because there's a gender bias against fat men, where fat women are more like, oh, you know, she's a woman, she's beautiful, no matter how big she is, and all that stuff. Is that your final answer? Final answer. Ben? You are one for one. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, if people do recall, they've had a couple different uh, moments with uh, Men's Health. Obviously, different things on there, but also Sports Illustrated, so... Try to throw you a curveball early on. How about this one? Story number two. So I'm guaranteed right now Gascon of getting at least the 200 batting average. Yes. Okay. But I'm la- in good shape. Last week, you're worse. Better week. Than, I'm better than Cody Bellinger oh. and Max Muncy. Oh, boy. <laughs> and Jose Altuve. Oh, boy. Albuve. Fuck him. Uh, story number two strong link found between supporting communism and never once having opened a history book. Is that the B or not the B? All right, so supporting communism, and uh, what was the uh, the other part? And uh, not not op- not opening a book and supporting communism. Yes. Is that it? Yes. All right, so I could see how this would be spun by some you know intellectuals that if you. If you don't know, if you don't read, read uh, you know books, you're 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 gonna go to the dark side. Uh, I so I could see somebody writing that, but I'm gonna say this is the Babylon B. I'm is, gonna say this is the Babylon B. Is that your final answer? Yes. Final answer. <laughs> ben? So over the top dramatic. I, yes. Benny, you were two for two. Yeah. <laughs> so I've already though, matched man. my score last. Yes. That is tough. You can see that being written on CNN.com or somewhere. You know, if you don't study history, you support communism. Although I think they do support communism. Or they, I know they support Marxism. I know that. Yeah, I read, actually, I read a study last week from uh, a couple of uh, Ivy League students. Yeah, that did a a report that basically uh, they talked about some of the policies that have been implemented because of like diversity trending things like that. They actually did a study that says that it, it has no benefit to companies or corporations, and actually it hurts them to a detriment because people look at the initial message but lose it, and then the cost of it all with the training. Um, doesn't actually serve its purpose. Like they talk about certain training seminars that are costing between four and fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, and it's not so even like paying off. Seattle. Uh, weren't they doing the? You you sent me that story about Seattle, right? Oh, the the uh, the uh, the chief of police. No, no, the one where they were trying to sensitize people to not be white or something like oh, that. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, that was odd. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's going on there in Seattle. Too much coffee or something like that. I don't know. How about this one? The B or not the B? 
State governor is against health. Shuts down gym owner during lockdown. Uh, you know, I think this is this one's true because I think I've heard about that. I think that's uh, been making the rounds. This is it in New Jersey? Isn't there some big controversy in New Jersey with a gym that got shut down? They pulled the guy's business license or something like that. I think I, I read about that. So I'm going to say that's true. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. To go three for three on the B or not the B, Ben Maller. You were three for three. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got it right. The state yeah. of New Jersey. They're, uh, they're, I read that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's crazy. The... the some hard ass there in politics is uh, out to get these this local mom and pop gym. Right? Yeah, the borough council voted five to one to rescind the business license of Atlas Gym. A couple of owners, uh, one at uh, age of fifty one, another one at thirty three, they continue to defy the, defy the odds of the governor to have his gym open. They continue to open it up. They were arrested and charged with multiple counts of misdemeanors. Um, the owners basically said, Hey, we've heard all the public say science and data, science and data. We're so confident in our process and our safety protocols that you can show us the science and data that proves that the gym isn't benefiting the public. We'll certainly close it down. They posted that on multiple, uh, social media accounts, including Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, the council voted against them. They've rescinded their license to have a gym open there in the state of New Jersey. Yeah. And this is the argument with the politics and all that, right? The whole thing where they, the protesting, they're cool with, that's worth the risk. But this, this is a problem. And it, it reminds me of, you know, this is, when it comes to science, people say believe the science, but people only believe the science that fits their agenda. You know what I mean? Like, it, because people have made their mind up. And, you know, science consists of people who disagree with each other, right? We've talked about that. We did talk about John Stossel, that, that famous uh, video that we, uh, we discussed. But, but when you, you, you break down the science, people, they dismiss the science that doesn't fit their beliefs, right? So it's, it becomes pointless. Confirmation you only, bias. What, what's that? Confirmation bias. Yeah, confir- exactly. Confirmation bias is, uh, is what's going on. But, it, but it's true. People, if you look at it, and the way people consume stuff, and I talked about this the other day. We were talking about college football, right? And mm-hmm. people, it's become politicized. And if you want college football, you're a Trump guy. If you don't want college football, you're a Biden guy. And uh, it, it really is a, a direct uh, reflection of the science. Where I can find people saying, hey, it, science indicates it's safe to play college football. And you can do it safely. And it's, it's not that big a deal and all that. But... People don't want to hear it because people only believe in doctors and science that fits their narrative. And it, and I don't know if you brought this up during your show or if you talked about it at all, but the one thing that people are bringing up constantly with science and safety with these players and, and talking about football as a whole is that they want to be free of liability. The universities, the presidents. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. If yeah. they want to be free of all of that, then what the fuck are they doing with CTE? Because oh yeah, no. It's I mean, the, the, we I mentioned this. The, the players are like running around. They're like crash test dummies on the field, even with all the changes they've made, and they're, they're crash test dummies and all that. And mm-hmm. then this is where they draw the line in the sand. Right. It's bullshit. And the other thing about the coronavirus, if you want to be cold blooded, there's really no way to trace where you got it from. Yeah. So you're not going to win a lawsuit, 
right? If you go to court and you say, all right, I, I played in the SEC, I played at Alabama, I got the coronavirus. Well, here's the way I approach it. Maybe I'm wrong. It's prove me wrong, Gascon. If I go to court and I sue and I say, I played football at Alabama and I got the coronavirus and I'm blaming you. The school then says, okay, so we put all these safety measures in. Where, where did you go? Let's retrace everywhere you went because it's possible you got it somewhere else. How are you going to prove that you got it in the locker room? Yeah, and don't forget that if you're suing in a civil case, it's a preponderance of evidence, which is 51%. And also, it's not beyond a reasonable doubt. So you, as the person suing the university, would have to prove your case. It's not the other way around. Yeah. So we've had reports that people in the United States have gotten coronavirus from packages delivered to their house. They haven't left their house during the quarantine and they've gotten the coronavirus from packages that have contained the virus on it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, Ben, so we go from all the chatter with college football to our nation as a whole. In an act of defiance, Bald Eagle shoots down its own. All right, so we're doing beer not to be here. Yes. Bald Eagle shoots down its own. Yes. Hmm. All right. This is uh this is to me the hardest one. Let's try to use Ben logic on this. So, how would a bald eagle shoot down its own? I'm trying to figure wrap my mind around that. Uh And I'll give you can I give you a hint? Uh yeah. It's uh 
it's symbolic with where we are at right now. It's something we mentioned it in the previous episode with Elon Musk. Technology. Okay. So it's... Uh... uh... I don't know. I I don't. You don't usually send me animal stories from the Babylon Bee, so this is an animal story. So uh, I I don't know, but I'll say this is real. I'm gonna say this is a real one. You want to go four for four? I would like to go four for four. Ben, you went four for four. Yeah. Check this story out. A bald eagle launched an aerial assault on a drone. That was operated by the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy. Okay. Uh, basically ripped off the propeller, sending the aircraft into Lake Michigan. This actually happened a, a couple weeks ago in the middle of, of July. That's pretty intense. That is pretty Like an eagle knocking down a drone. That is crazy. Although not as crazy as, remember when they, the, those uh, stealth bombers, when they crashed one on a test flight in, in Guam? Years ago, remember oh, that? My God, billion yes. dollar. What was it? One point four billion dollars per plane. They crashed one into the. Uh, it, it was ruined. It was totally wrecked. Can you, can you imagine being the pilot of that? And <laughs> hey, that's our tax dollars going away. Oh my God! Oh my God! All right, what's the last one? Right, four right. for four. I'm batting eight hundred. I don't care about this. I'll even try in this last one. All right, so four for four, going five for five for the second time ever in the B or not the B. That's right. In an act of revenge, Blockbuster finding a way to undercut Netflix by partnering with AMC. For new releases. I don't think Blockbuster's around anymore. So uh, I'm going to say this is the Babylon B. I'm going to go out and say this is the Babylon B. Try to go five for five here, Gascon. Ben, you're five for five. Yeah. Five Woo-hoo! for five. I tweaked it a little bit. Uh, it is actually true, though, with the story, just not the title of it. AMC Theaters is offering, starting on August the 20th, which is in a few days from now, retroactive ticket prices to $0.15. Cents. $0.15. Cents. So their whole montage for this upcoming uh, event, movies yeah. in 2020 at nineteen twenty prices. Ah, a little marketing gimmick. Yes, uh, yes. So you can uh, go. <laughs> That's pretty nice, though. Could you imagine going to a movie theater, getting popcorn, nachos, a drink, and then watching a movie for just uh, like five bucks? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Absolutely. You, would you be inclined to go? Yes, of course. I, I love a good deal. Why not? Would You wouldn't? Well, because you're a closed space. What do you mean you would go? You don't even fucking come to work. I am following the company oh, guidelines of iHeartMedia. Like, is there? Any- and more importantly, I'm getting these videos. I wouldn't be able to do the videos at work because it's a different setup. So I'm I'm really giving the more content for the for the bosses. I am giving them more content. Boy, don't shake your head at me like that. Such a company man. I am absolutely. That's how you stay at a company for 20 years, right there. I'll teach you. <laughs> teach you about that if you want. Yeah. Wow, you've been with the company that long. Well, the 20th anniversary of Fox Sports Radio is here. Uh, I did leave the company for six months and 26 days. They asked me to leave. You took a hiatus? I got a little pink slip. But uh, other than that, I've, I've been here since the beginning. Yeah, It's a long time. I can't believe it. I, I, I was shocked. I was like, wait a minute. It's been, it has been that long. Wild. 
Uh, all right, mailbag, mailbag. We get letters, letters. I wish we could get that David Letterman uh, letters. Remember that letters song? Yeah. That, oh, that'd be great. Need a band. I haven't been able to find it. If anybody has it, send it to us. We'll play it on the thing. Do you? Letterman get- wouldn't sue us, would he? Maybe. Yes, everyone wants to make some money. Hey, nah, do you, Letterman's retired. He's cool. He's got the beard. He looks like Santa Claus. What does he care? Besides Doc Mike, does anyone actually send you legit letters in the mail? Uh, Dick and Dayton has sent me Christmas cards over the years. That's I good. actually I have some. I actually have to go pick up the mail. Uh, yeah, I've gotten some things here. I have a stack of. I don't know if you can hear this. Stack of mail. Uh, oh, Skeeter in Montana. He sent me a uh, a birthday card. Rachel in Montebello sent me a nice birthday card. But uh, I also have here's one. Uh, this is from a uh, let's see here from uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. Says, uh, notice, notice, the penal institution from which this was mailed assumes no liability or responsibility for the contents which have been inspected for contraband only. <laughs> so there you go. Nice. Uh, it's from uh, one of our listeners in uh, Nashville in prison there. So, That's good. There you go. Nice. All right. Uh, let's get to some mail. These are sent in. Most of them are posted on Facebook. We have a few that are coming for the email or via the email. The email is realfifthhour at gmail.com. The Facebook page, Ben Maller Show. Typically on Wednesday, I try to do it earlier in the day, uh, and we we post a link, and then you got to search for it sometimes because I put video links up there, and you can ask a question and then put your name in the city, and then we'll possibly use the question on the air. Very simple. Pierre in Springfield, Massachusetts, where my late great-grandfather, Worked there before he moved west to Los Angeles and Springfield, Mass. Home of the Basketball Hall of Fame. Anyway, Pierre says, of all the times I hear you talk about your affinity for mascots, I never hear you mention the OG San Diego chicken. Where does he rank on your big board of mascots? Well, Pierre, that's a great question. You know, as I grew up, growing up in Southern California and I worked in San Diego radio for a few years back in the day, uh, I've... I got to be honest with you. I'm not a big chicken guy. I'm not a big chicken guy. Uh, I don't hate the chicken. When I was a kid, my my parents would take me out when the chicken would appear at like games in Anaheim or whatever. I don't think he appeared at Dodger Stadium. It was Anaheim. And I would go to games and see the chicken. And you know, it was fine. It was cool and whatever. I just love the, the backstory, though, of the chicken. See, the actual chicken mascot is way back. Like my big boards got the Philly Fanatic like right there at the top and – and then everyone else is, is secondary on that, whether it's you know, Mr. Med or Bernie Brewer. You go, go down the list of mascots. Uh, but I don't, I don't put the, the, the chicken for longevity has been there. But I love the backstory. You know the backstory, right, Gascon? You you worked in San Diego. You know the backstory of the chicken? Let's get it. Oh, you don't know? All right, so, so this started in the mid-'70s. It was a television commercial for KGB-FM. In San Diego. And uh, so this guy came up with the idea to have an animated chicken. Right? And uh, and so he was going to animate an, an aerobi- aerobic uh, chicken or whatever. And it was like for a commercial for KGB radio. And they, they, they used it. Anyway, the, the guy that they hired to do the commercial was like a 20-year-old guy. What's the guy? Ted Giannolis or something like that? 
I forget how to pronounce his last name. I apologize. But anyway, this guy named Ted. Um, he was 20 years old. He was going to, I think he was going to San Diego State. And he like loved baseball. And he's like, hey, I, I remember he did an interview and he, he said, I can get into baseball. I bet I can get in free to baseball games if I, I, I wear the chicken suit. And so he contacted the Padres and he offered them. He said, I can come in there and entertain the crowd and I'll wear my outfit. And they allowed him. This is how, this is how lax it was back in the 70s, 50 years ago. They allowed him to wander through the ballpark there, Jack Murphy Stadium, the Murph. Uh, and and go to the Padre games, and then he had this this thing where if somebody uh, would would come up to him and say you got you know lay one on me or whatever he would lay an egg and it had some kind of prize or whatever you know some dopey thing like that in the 1970s and all that stuff. Uh, but that's how the the chicken became the chicken, and the reason it really worked is because the Padres, who were terrible in the 1970s and blew, their attendance also sucked. And supposedly, like, I think they doubled or something their attendance. I remember the story that the, from, from one year to the next, just by having the chicken mascot in attendance and uh, and all that. And so then they, they started branching out. They're like, wait a minute, rather than just do Padre games, we'll travel around to minor league games and we'll go to other stadiums. And I think they even, when the Clippers were there in San Diego, that the chicken would appear at games. And it was, they changed the name. It was, it was the KGB chicken, then it became the San Diego chicken, then it became just uh, the chicken, I think, if I, if I remember correctly. But it's a good backstory, but I, I don't know. Did you? I, I, did you I've ever seen all the chicken shtick? I know all the shtick. I was gonna say, did you ever work for Kogo or KGB when you were at uh, Six Ninety? I did stuff with Kogo. Yes, Kogo. I did some stuff with. I did not do anything with KGB. Okay, you? I did. Yeah, they're, they're like the rock station down there. Yeah, yeah, they're the cool station. Yeah, we were the sports guys. Yeah, but I ran the board for San Diego State men's basketball on KOGO, Kogo, 600 News Radio. 50,000 watts. That's right, 50,000 watts from San Diego. Uh, what do they have? They have uh, is that like Limbaugh Station and Hannity and those Hannity, guys yeah. in San Diego now probably? Yeah. yeah. I would I would think. Cool. All right, uh, what else do we have here? Nathan in Tumwater, Washington. You ever heard of that? Tumwater, no. Washington? No. I don't know. I don't know what part of Washington that is. I have to check that out. Let's see. Tumwater. I'm looking it up right now. Tumwater, Washington. It's uh, 14.4 square miles. That's according to this, that's near Olympia. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, he says, "When are you going back to Fox Sports Radio Studios?" <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Are you Gascon pretending to be Nathan in Tumwater, Washington? Is that your your deal? Uh, I think he really appreciates uh, you know people that actually go to work and work. Well, Nathan, thank you for your question. Thank you for your loyalty to the show. Here's what I'll answer you: I'm getting my guidelines from Scott Shapiro and the people at iHeart Media, and when they say green light go, I'm in. Um, I, based on what I know, I don't think that's going to happen until 2021. Um, but as Gascon likes to say, maybe it'll happen in late November <laughs> or early November. <laughs> uh, they'll invite me back. And, uh, but I have a feeling I'll still be doing the show from here. Even when we do go back, that it'll be a mix. It'll be some days I'll be here. Some days I'll be there. I don't think it'll be all, all back the way it was. 
Um, so, but, but I don't know. I mean, I follow the uh, the guidelines. RJ in San Antonio says, "Would you rather take a rocket ship to space or a submarine down to the bottom of the ocean?" Oh, gotta go sub. I disagree. I think it'd be cool to take a rocket ship be out in outer space. Okay, but but looking at you, you wouldn't be comfortable in a rocket ship. I would be comfortable in a submarine either. I didn't even like the submarine ride at Disneyland. I don't know why I gotta be loud and angry about it, but a submarine, you're down there and the the pressure could crush the submarine. Yeah, but when you get on a rocket ship, you could actually just explode on liftoff. Yeah, but you know there's probably been what do you think? Less than 200 people that have been to outer space. Probably less than 100 people that have yeah. been to outer space. Yeah. In the history of humanity, there's 7.8 billion people on the planet no, now not, and all the other people. Not less than 200. How many people do you think have been to outer space? If I had a guess, I'd say, I'd actually say close to two. I'd say like two, 210. You think 210? Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Hold on a That's second. a great question. How many question. people have been in outer space? Uh, beyond the Earth's atmosphere, I'm not, uh, let's see, total number of people that have been in space, uh, 575. Oh, that's oh. good. All right. There you go. Who knew? Had no idea. The- All right. Um, but yeah, I would go. RJ, I would go to space. Uh, Carlos in Houston. Although you do wonder what's at the very bottom. They've not been to the very bottom of the ocean, right? No. The, the deepest parts? No, not yet. What if there's like a portal? It's like the twilight zone, and you go down deep enough, and you go into the middle of the planet, into a different dimension, and those people that believe the earth is hollow are right, and there's a <laughs> portal into the hollow earth, but it's only in the deepest parts of the ocean. Wouldn't that be amazing? Maybe that's like towards like Antarctica, the North Pole. That's why they don't let you go there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. 
Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right. Uh, Carlos in Cheaterstown, USA, Houston, Texas, says, you have traveled all over the country. Which one was your favorite stadium that you have visited? And he also says, who the fuck says pink, pinky swear? It's pinky promise. No, it's pinky swear. It's pinky swear, Carlos. <laughs> fuck you, Carlos. All right. Uh, anyway, all right. No, I'm kidding. I kid because I care, as Chris Myers would say. Yes. No, like, I'm a baseball guy. Like, uh, the usual Fenway, as long as you sit on the monster seats at Fenway, because the rest of the seats are not designed for people like me. Uh, they were, the stadium was built in the early 1900s. Wrigley Field is cool. Uh, some good times there when I was going in with the Dodgers. PNC Park in Pittsburgh is awesome. The views are amazing of that. The bridges in Pittsburgh and the skyline behind. It's just an amazing. It looks like a, a Bob Ross painting is what it looks like. And I hate to say this because they're a blood rival, but the ballpark in San Francisco, the China Basin there. Yeah. Which I don't even know what it's called now. It used to be Pac Bell. It was uh, it was a bunch of different names. It's like Oracle now, or I think that's about yeah. I think that's right. But the Giants ballpark is uh, awesome. It is great. And obviously Dodger Stadium, but those are the big four. I would say outside of Chavez Ravine, San Diego's not bad either. The new ballpark in San Diego. I say new. It's been around probably for twenty years by now. Yeah. Have you been to the new Yankee Stadium? I have not. I was at old Yankee Stadium and I an old Shea. And even though I go to New York, I've not been to either of the new ballparks in New York. I think that I, aren't even new anymore. I, I've just for whatever reason I have not gone. I think I took a picture of it and sent it to you, but I I went last year to Tropicana. Oh, that's a dump. <laughs> it is. But I could understand now how a ball gets lost in the outfield up in that that catwalk. <laughs> that that oh, roof, yeah. man. Because yeah. you can't see shit. Although the seats behind home plate, Ben, are fucking amazing. Like the entire ballpark is just a dump, but you sit in those reclining seats right behind home plate. It's like you're sitting at a giant AMC or Regal th- Theater. It is comfortable as shit. It's, so it's great. like it's like being west of the 405. It it's is like being west of the 405. The, the new Yankee Stadium is like being in the Coliseum. It is it is a monster. Well, my cousin, one of my cousins, I got family in the New York area, and other my brother, my cousin, she got free tickets mm-hmm. occasionally from her work to sit behind home plate in that really ritzy area where all the the tycoons of Wall Street yeah. sit. And she she's not a big baseball fan, so she just pretty much spayed, spent the entire game in the buffet. The seafood buffet oh and all that, and just eating. It was like a, a three hours of eating. And so they spent about one inning watching the Yankee game, and they were just eating the entire time. Oh, that's good. All right, uh, Jason from Rocky Mount, Virginia. He took the oath, by the way. He took the Maller oath. He's officially in the Maller militia, sworn member of the Maller militia. Jason says, uh, guys, I'm 44 years young, married once. I am planning on getting married again next summer. Oh, my. Maz- Mazel tov. Uh, says, uh, I'm going to get married to a woman I've been with for seven years. She is the same age as me. So would you rather attend my wedding being someone you have never even spoken to on the phone or, well, that's not true. I didn't speak to you now, Jason, or Jason in Ottawa's wedding. I believe that won't last for six months. You don't know this guest gun because you you go to bed at like seven o'clock at night. But Jason in Ottawa, one of our longtime brigadier generals, Canadian version uh, of of the Malam militia. 
And Jason announced his retirement from the show. He's 35 years old. And he is about to marry a 20-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he's about to marry a 20-year-old. And so uh, this this became great fodder for the lame jokes this week. There was the radio roast yeah. uh, the other day for Jason in Ottawa on our Friday show. And a lot of guys fascinated by this. And uh, guess gun. Now you're you're a, a single guy. You're you're 50. Would you go down to 20? Would you go? How low would you go? What's your cutoff on how low you would go at this point? Is there a sliding scale? Is there? I think it is a sliding scale. I think the range is probably 25. Yeah, 25. So you're 50, so you'd go 25 years younger. I'd go, my range is probably 25 to 49 right now. So that's your sweet spot right there? Yeah. With a lean to the 25 to 35, I would think. Yeah, it would be the, the well, lean on that. Yeah, yeah but you got to look at the older group, too, because they have a lot of things going for them. The experience... The investments, battle tested, the financial gains, you know, like you. Oh, got you're looking to, out for that. You're, you want to be a uh, the male equivalent of a a sugar daddy. You yeah. want a sugar mama. I just think that you need to have someone that's got, uh, you know, I mean, you got tools in one kit or tools in another, if you know what I mean. Oh, I got you. I just, <laughs> all right, look at you. But uh, Jason, I wouldn't want to go to either of those weddings. But I would go to your wedding. I mean, I don't know if you're invited me. I've never been to Rocky Mountain, Virginia. Check that out. Uh, Kentucky, good luck to you, Jason, in Rocky Mountain. Uh, Kentucky J from Scottsville says, if you had to uproot from Los Angeles and go to another state with a major sports market, would you feel obligated to support that team in fear of backlash, of not being a homer per se? Example, Dodgers beat the Red Sox uh, on in your show. Uh, is are you praising such teams? It may cause some listener loss or make for compelling calls. Well, Jay, I've actually lived this a little bit, although I didn't relocate. I did some remote shows for several years in Boston with WEI. And at that, in that stretch of time, this is not Murphy's Law, it's Maller's Law. During that stretch of time, the Dodgers and Red Sox played in the World Series, and the Rams and the Patriots played in the Super Bowl. So I had to live that life. Um, but uh, the, the thing is, like, I don't hate the Boston sports teams. And actually, I follow the Red Sox a little bit from afar. And I follow the Patriots from afar. But they're not my favorite teams. Um, and I've picked up random hats from those teams over the years uh, to add to the hat collection and whatnot. But no, I think you got to keep it real, man. You can't be phony. People know when you're phony, they know you're phony. And so you can't do that. And I do, I do think it makes for more compelling stuff. Because the other thing about sports radio is people love when you're wrong. And they love to pour salt on an open wound. It's really shot in Freud. Like, the, the, the shows that have been the most popular on, on the, the, the weekday show are when the Clippers go out and take the ride on the Vomit Comet in the playoffs and lose, or after the Dodgers lose the World Series. And, and, well, they didn't really lose in 2017 or 2018. They tied in 2017. The Red Sox cheated also in 2018. But people love that. They love taking joy, listening to me, me, me be miserable. And uh, so it would make for more compelling radio. I believe that to be true. All right. Uh, Chris in Makokona, Iowa. How about that for a name? It's pretty good. Makokona. I wish they had a minor league baseball team there. The Makokona. Sponsored by Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Makokona, Iowa. 
I'm just going to keep saying that because I finally Chris sent me how to properly pronounce it. So I think I'm saying it right. <laughs> Makokona Isle. Pronunciation guide. I don't, you know, he did. He did. Uh, there's a nice park there in Makokona Iowa. There's an 850 seats theater. I was reading on the Internet. Uh, nice small town there in Iowa. Uh, it says uh, Chris in, in Makokona says, have you ever dropped and lost a foul ball or a home run ball? Ever been kicked out of a stadium? Never been kicked out of a stadium. I did at one point when I was covering a Dodger Atlanta Braves game. I had a foul ball hit by Troy Gloss, known for his days with the Angels, World Series hero for the Angels. But he was at the end of his career playing for the Atlanta Braves. And he hit a foul ball in the press box in the front row there. And uh, it hit me and bounced off my chest. And I did not make the catch. And I got booed by the crowd at Dodger Stadium and in the press box, and it bounced down. I'm, the thing I'm most upset about is I put the I, I had the bruise because it hit me and bounced off me, but then somebody else took the ball in the press box. Bull crap. Still upset by that. I've never had a foul ball come my way. Uh, but I I've ha- had several. I, I have had a couple pucks, and those hurt. You're a pucking kind of guy. Well, this is before. Well, it actually happened at the Great Western Forums. This is before any of that netting behind uh, each goal. Before they wussified sporting events with netting? Pretty much. People weren't on their cell phones getting dotted. Uh, yeah, I grabbed two pucks. I had one, and it, it, it hurt pretty fucking bad. It was uh, yeah. it was a clean shot. But I used to, One of my favorite things when going to Kings games was uh, the pregame skate. Yeah. I loved it. It was awesome. Like, right... Going down, and we were able to get down near the ice and stuff there, and there'd be pucks that would fly over there all the time. I love the in-game shots that went over the net because you would always look for people that got fucking drilled. There was always that one person that either wasn't paying attention or they just they couldn't find the puck. Yeah, And there'd be people with like beers standing up, and the Great Western Forum back in the day never watered down their beers, so everyone was like, whoa, like what's going on? And... You know, someone's just bleeding from the head down on their toes because they got drilled by a puck. Uh, Robin Vegas writes and says, this is your uh, for both you and Gas Can. Uh, who is the worst fill-in update anchor? Is it, he says, Rectum Ralph or Brian 15-Minute Fenley? Wow. Gas Can, you want to attack one of your coworkers? Go ahead. Uh, is it Canadian Mike? Is it Canadian Mike? Is that the answer? Yes. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, correct answer here. Well, I see now, Ralph, I, I, I guess I would go F- Finley is the worst because Ralph at least doesn't spend 30 minutes on the, uh, the updates. That's true. And, and Ralph hasn't created his own fan club in his head with his neurosis <laughs> like Finley does. Yeah. It just blatantly makes up out of thin air Finley fanatics, which does not exist, but in his head it exists. It's your guy. That's right. Absolutely correct. Uh, Oakley dokely do. Oakley dokely do, as they say. All right, couple more emails. Uh, when will the Red Sox be relevant again? I don't know who sent that one in. I don't know. Uh, I'd say within the Red Sox will never be bad for more than like three years. Three years. They've been pretty spotty. They've won a bunch of World Series the last 20 years, but they've also had some terrible teams with Bobby Valentine and all that stuff. Uh, let's see. Can't read that one on the air. Uh, let's see. Neil writes in. Uh, seems like the guests you know and connect with are great, uh, but the ones you don't, the athletes suck. 
<laughs> uh, that's Neil's opinion on the show. I cleaned that up a little bit. And uh, he, he did not enjoy some of the, the uh, athletes that we've had. We only had one, I think. Uh, and he says, uh, let's see here. How about having John Fricke on? Do you know John? John used to work at Fox Sports. I, d- have I did not know John. Okay, I, I could get I could track down Fricky, and I would like to hear David, uh, Doctor David G, your wingman, conduct an interview while you be his wingman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nah, nobody wants to do. That. Nobody wants to hear that. Uh, Jesse from Pona says, "Hey Ben, do the Dodgers need to make a move to keep their World Series hopes alive?" Uh, no, they just have to give some smelling salts to Cody Bellinger and to Max Muncie. That's it. So anyway, that's it. We're at, we're out of time there. And sorry, Vols fan Jimmy from Fayetteville, Tennessee. There did not uh, sneak it in. Did not sneak it in. But it happens. And, and then we left a couple others on the table. But uh, that's it. Have a wonderful rest of a Sunday. We will be back live in the Magic Radio Box. 11 p.m. in the West on Sunday night, but that, of course, works out to be 2 a.m. in the East on Monday in the overnight. And we'll talk to you then. Have a great week. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael dura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i'm salaya mosin and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.